0: We're going to go ahead and get right into the word. So let's go to, to him in prayer. Father, we thank you for your love, for your kindness, that you're tender toward us. We love you and we thank you tonight that you reveal your word by your spirit who shows us all things. He guides and leads us and directs our lives. And we thank you for that direction, Father. We thank you tonight that we have ears to hear, anointed, anointed, We thank you for uh, open minds and receptive hearts to your word, in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to teach a little bit tonight on seeking those things which are above. So we'll start with Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3. If you want to open your Bibles or if you want to just look at the screen, we'll have it up there, Colossians chapter 3, and we'll start reading with verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now I'm going to switch to the Amplified, the classic Amplified, and read it from there. Because sometimes when we've memorized these scriptures or we, we kind of get used to hearing them, uh, and then we don't realize sometimes the, the significance of them in, in what they're saying to us. But I think the Amplified brings out so much. And So let's read it. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is and seated at the right hand of God. So we have a new life now. When we're born again, when we're born of God, the Bible says we're new creatures; that all things have become new, you know. And so it's a whole new way of living. It's a whole new life, and thank God it's the life of God, eternal life, uh, the life of the eternal One, you know. And and um, He He's taken up residence in us. He's made us new. His, uh, you know, the uh, spirit, our spirit. Spirits are born of God, and, and you know it makes you kind of realize why many times we just can't agree with some of the world's thinking and the world's reasoning. You know, we think, how can they even reason like? How can they can right. be so unreasonable or or not even have common sense anymore? But but when you're born of God, you're just going to automatically. the the way of the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean you're perfect. You won't ever make mistakes or you won't ever have wrong thoughts. Um, However, the greater one does live on the inside of us. He has come. The Bible says that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so we know he's there and uh, he i think he speaks to us more often than we realize he directs us more often than we realize you know even if you're if you're born again you can trust your conscience your conscience is the voice of your spirit and your spirit is born of god so we have so much available to us in that new life That has so freely been given to us. And the Bible says to this new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead. I love when Romans chapter 8 says that it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in us now. And he quickens our mortal body. He makes our mortal bodies alive. And I just... You know, sometimes I'll just say over myself. He he is in me and he's making my cells alive, my tissues alive, my organs alive, my blood is healthy. You know, he is ministering to my mortal body. Amen? Amen? You know, we can claim these promises because it's Christ in us. And so here he's saying, Seek those things, things is italicized, but we could just say, Seek which those things are above, seek the above life. Uh Where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Now I'm just reminded when I think about seeking when, you know, Him and what He is doing now that He's seated on the right hand of God, that the Bible says and declares that we are seated together with Him. In heavenly places. So this tells me I need to remember who I am in Christ. I need to remember that I'm identifying with Him. Now this new life has come, I no longer identify with the world. Really, we're not of the world anymore. (laughs) We live in the world, of course, we live here, but we're not of the world. The Bible says we're ambassadors of Christ. So, you know, we're of a whole new system. And that's why it's so important to read the word of God and to seek this new system, to seek the way that we're supposed to be living because it's a higher, more abundant life. And not only that, it's not just about us. It's also being a shining light to the world. To shine that light and that glory and that victory to others so that they can see Christ in us as our victory in life. He is our overcoming power in life. And we are with him. We are in him and seated together with him. So then verse two says, set your minds, this is amplified, set your minds and keep them set on what is above. Set your minds. You know, like, just like you would set, uh, your thermometer in your home, your, you know, you would set it to what you want to set it to. We need to set our minds, the Bible says, and keep them set on what is above. Uh, you know, I don't know about you, but our minds can kind of wander You know, if you're ever having a conversation and then you just kind of check out for a little bit and you come back and you think, I don't even know what they just said. <laughs> oh, my. And then you have to backpedal, especially if you're doing what I do sometimes in counseling. I really have to say, you know what, I'm sorry, I did. can you please just say that again, repeat that? Because in counseling, you have to listen to every word spoken. Every word that they say is very significant to, their, their, to the therapeutic process. So, you know, you have to set your mind to hear. And I believe that it's so much more vital to set our minds to hear what Christ is saying to us. What the good shepherd, our shepherd... Is saying how he's directing and how he's leading and guiding us and to keep our mindset on what he's saying and what he's doing. The Bible says here in the second chapter, second verse, the higher things. And, and you know, the word says his ways are higher, but because of his word, we can know those higher thoughts. Now, let me just share. It's not like being super spiritual and weird, woo, you know, like some people would portray God like you have to get in a certain position and, you know, and whatever, like yoga or whatever. You don't have to do all that. No, you don't have to. You can set your minds and keep them set on the higher things by simply getting in his presence and in his word. Just being reminded of who we are in Christ. And I think it's so important to know that these things are higher. And what that means is there's a better way. There's a better way of doing things. Now let me just give you an example because I want you to know that these, these truths are so empowering and so powerful, but yet so simple that a child could understand. Uh, and, and, and one of them is Love your enemies. (laughs) Pray for them that use you. Now, you know, we don't think like that, do we? We think, if you slap me, I'm going to slap you harder. (laughs) You know, that's the human thing. Uh, I'm not going to let you get away with that. You know, you're not going to run over me and not feel it. You're going to get these consequences because, you know, and, and so, you know, Jesus taught a higher way, a higher way of thinking and being. He taught, uh, to forgive those. Who are mean and ugly and, and despising you and, and, uh, you know, trespassing against you. And so we know that's a higher way of doing and being. Amen. Um, that's, you know, not always a fun thing to do, but it is the way of God. It is the way of His Spirit. And it is the unconditional love of God. Now, that doesn't mean you let people run over you. You know, you can separate from people and still love them. Just love them from a distance. But the resentment and the bitterness and the hatred and the vindictiveness and on the vengeance uh, is not ours. The Bible says, you know, God will deal with people. He'll help them. He'll strengthen them. He'll guide them. He'll lead them. He'll direct their lives if they want direction. And if not... Then, you know, then we continue to pray and just hope for the very best in their lives. Amen. But it's not up to us to be the, the evil person that inflicts things on people's lives. That's not the spirit of God. I've heard Christians. Well, you know, been pastoring almost 40 years, you hear things and you hear Christians say, well, if they come against me, I'll just put a curse on them or I'll just, you know, just believe they'll be in a bad car wreck or be, you know, and, and I'm thinking that's not the spirit of God. Amen. The spirit of God is to love and forgive and really bless those that curse you and and try to uh really, really, really put them in God's hands in a, God help them way, not God come down on them and break their, you know, whatever. So the higher ways are God's ways. And so uh, verse 2, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not the things that are on the earth. And this is verse 3, for as far as this world is concerned, you have died. You have I am dead to the world. I'm dead as far as this world's concerned and my new real life is hidden with Christ in God. Now isn't that interesting? That's why we need the Bible because this is, we're new and this is our manual. This is our new manual. You know, a lot of people don't like to read the manuals. They'll get something like a new grill, and they'll go, I can do it by myself. I don't have to read the directions. (laughs) And then after it's all cattywampus and this side's bigger than that, and this won't work, and you think, oh, maybe I should. And there's about five pieces left over. Maybe I should read the manual. (laughs) Maybe we should do it the right way. And so when you read this, it shows you who you are, how you are to live, how you are to think, and how you are to receive this life-giving spirit every day. And so when we do this and and consider ourselves dead to the world, and, and this is our new real life, That's hidden with Christ in God. Now, then then it goes on to say, then when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. Now, I like that place right there in his glory, don't you? And there's so much wrapped up in that word glory. There's just probably more than we can even imagine. I mean, I just think about that one scripture in Philippians that there's riches in glory, right? There's all kinds of riches. I believe there's financial wealth in glory, but there's also amazing other kinds of riches in glory. So this is a good thing, the glory of God and the splendor of his glory. Now look at verse five. So kill, deaden, deprive of power, the evil desire lurking in your members those animal impulses and all that is earthy in you that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, and all greed and covetousness for that is idolatry and the, the, uh, defi- the uh, deifying of self and other created things, instead of God. So when we get into all this other things, uh, you know, to me it's saying this is selfishness. <laughs> this is uh, promoting self. This is putting self before anything else or even created things instead of God. Now we see this a lot in the world, don't we? And we don't need to be acting like the world. <laughs> Um, we're, we're so selfish that we can't care for others or that we trespass in all these areas, um, of, um, sensual appetites and unholy desires. And look at this, greed and covetousness. We need to be, uh, loving. We need to, uh, maintain, uh, sexual, uh, you know, you know, sex is a wonderful thing, but it is, there's some parameters to sex. And the parameter is marriage. And the marriage is between a man and a woman. Yes. And these are just basic truths of the word. I can't believe it's, you know, now it's so uh, contradic- con- contradictory, controversial. Um, but, you know, these are basic truths of the Bible. Nothing against anybody. I'm just preaching the word, a man and a woman and a marriage and then sex. But sex is is like fire. if you keep it in the fireplace, it's wonderful. <laughs> but if you let it get outside that fireplace, you got some trouble on your hands right, and so we want to make sure uh that we follow the guidelines yeah. now you you know it doesn't mean you're going straight to hell if you're in a situation with sexual stuff it's it you know. It's just that there's going to be consequences in this life as you're on this earth if you don't follow the marriage instructions in the Word. Amen. Um, God came up with the idea of marriage, and believe it or not, God came up with the idea of sex. You know, you would never know that by some some teachings, etc. But He did, and it is godly but it, there there are the boundaries. Amen. And I know that's not always popular, but it's true. So then then it says here greed and covetousness. Well, how do we how do we fight greediness? How do we fight covetousness? Well, I believe it once again we follow it by knowing what the word says. The Bible says be generous. Be liberal in your giving. Um that we ought not love money. In fact, it says the love of money is the root of all evil. And I asked the Lord one time, I said, how can I know if I don't love money or not? Because, you know, you wonder sometimes. I mean, it's such a big thing on the earth, isn't it? There's so much power behind money. There's uh, there's uh, influence behind money. You know, there, it's just big on the earth, right? And so how can I know that if I love money or don't love money? He said, you, if you will obey me with your money, you'll know that I'm the one that you love instead of money. And so in, in, in the tithe, in the offerings, uh, if he tells me not too long ago, he told me to buy the groceries for the person in front of me in the grocery line, um you know, he's told me to buy a car for somebody before, buy a house, move pay for college tuition for people before, you know, whatever he tells you to do. Now, that wasn't always because I had a lot of money. <laughs> it was just, he knew how much I had. It wasn't like a, an overabundance, but it was enough to do what he told me to do. And sometimes it got my bank, bank account right toward, you know, <laughs> that point. But... He just always seemed to fill it back up. Amen. He just always seemed and he always has taken care of me. And I know y'all can testify to the same thing. So what are you sharing all this about, Scarlet? These are higher things. These are things that when we seek those things which are above, it's these ideas of God, his ideas. It's His way of doing things. Now, now how would this happen in our life? Well, uh, Romans chapter 6 says that we are to yield ourselves to God as instruments of righteousness. We're to yield. We have to yield. If you get to a, a intersection and you have the yield sign, that means you slow down. And you wait and you watch and you look to see if you're gonna go or not. And that's what we need to do with the Holy Spirit. When we get to situations in our life, and it happens every day, then we need to get there and just slow down and say, Father, give me wisdom here. And Should I do this or this? And when we, I can tell you, well, I'll just make it personal. When I do that and I hear from God, it's just so much better. It just all turns out so much better than when I just plow ahead not looking, not being circumspectly looking at things, and letting the Holy Spirit guide me. I'll just plow through, and I'm telling you that's times that I've had the wrecks spiritually or even you know with people or you just run into things, and there you go, right, so we need to yield to God, Romans chapter six thirteen says as instruments of righteousness, yieldness uh another uh uh avenue to help us with seeking things that are above is to pray just prayer. And that's simply talking and listening to God, the communication. Uh I know that sounds real simple, but it is so true and we need to do much more praying. We really do. All of us could do a lot more praying and, 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 you know, it doesn't take hours and hours to do that. I mean, it's just, simply talking to God and listening to him and letting him, uh, give you his ideas. And, you know, there's times where I share my ideas with God, you know, I'll say, this is what I was thinking. (laughs) What do you, what do you think about what I'm thinking? And, and then I try to open myself up to really listening to what he's saying, because, you know, it's this always, it doesn't always agree. It's, and then sometimes I really want to do what I was thinking. Uh, and, uh, and what he's saying doesn't sound like so much fun. <laughs> and so then I have to switch those ideas by that yieldedness, by yielding to the Holy Spirit. Because he wants to direct our lives. He really does want to be not just a father, but a partner in our lives, a friend. And um so then the third way is humility by humbling ourselves. The Bible says when you humble yourself in the sight of God he will lift you up. And so uh humility is again not being a doormat or you know it's just simply uh the opposite of of being haughty and strong minded, uh heady and uh thinking really that we know better than God. And unfortunately, I know I've been guilty of that through there's been times in my life where i thought well i know I, I kind of feel what God wants me to do, but I know this is this is, this is what I want to do, and again, that's when you go shipwreck right Um and james four ten talk- talks about that uh and then then the fourth way is by reading your Bible. we said this earlier, this is our manual this helps us to be mothers and fathers. This helps us to be husbands and wives. This helps us to be Christians and victorious Christians. This helps us to know how to relate to each other. The Bible says uh, that we're to be, well, in, in here in, Col- in Colossians, I mean, he exhorts us about how we are to treat one another. Let's Let's read this in verse 12 here in the Amplified, the same chapter. He said, clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, his own picked representatives who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself by putting on behavior marked by tender-hearted pity, being tender toward people, and mercy, kind feeling, a lowly opinion of yourselves. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't think anything of yourselves. It just says, you know, the Bible says, don't think higher of yourself than you ought to. (laughs) I mean, I know some people that think they know everything. And they'll try to tell you everything you're to do and to say and to be. Well, nobody knows everything, especially what you're to do and to be and to say. Uh, I know in, in counseling, you know, people will come and they'll say, what do you think I should do? Well, I never answer that question. Absolutely not. Who am I to tell somebody else what to do? We don't tell other people. We have no idea what they're dealing with at their house. You're not at their house. You have no idea what's going on or what has gone on the last 20 years. They could be lying to you. And telling you something that's not even true in the counseling session, right? So what do you do? Well, you draw out that wisdom from within them. You draw out. You'll say something like, well, let me, let me ask you what you think you should do. All right? Or here's some options. And then there's probably a lot more options. But I'm not going to tell. Counseling is not about telling somebody what to do. Amen. The Bible tells us. And the Holy Spirit tells us what to do. And so here he says. uh, that, That lowly opinion of yourselves. Gentle ways. Think about that. Gentle ways. And patience. Oh that's a big one isn't it? Which is tireless and long suffering. And has the power to endure. What? Ever comes with good temper <laughs> that's so that's a tough one isn't it but when you are when you're looking when you're looking at Christ again seeking him looking at him it doesn't make it quite as hard because you realize when you look to him and you're seeking those things which are above when you're thinking about him uh His life, again, is stirred up on the inside his, you know, the fruit of the spirit, which is God. Really, he's all those fruit of the spirit that's stirred up on the inside of you. So it really makes it easier thinking about, wow, he's forgiven me of so much. I could forgive that person very easily. And so these things are not as tough as they look like when we're seeking those things which are above when, when I say seek, I want to give you a definition. Uh, it's to search for or, or be in quest of, to try to find or discover by searching or questioning. And so we're questioning how would you act, Father? What would you do here, Father? It's searching out His treasures and how He would behave and how, uh, He's told us to do that. So with good temper, look at verse 13. Be gentle and forbearing with one another, and if one has a difference, a grievance or a complaint against another, readily pardoning each other. Even as the Lord has freely forgiven you, so must you also forgive. These are higher ways of acting, higher ways of being. Uh, we were on the way to church tonight, and I was telling David, I knew a person that he said their church had a church split and it was a bad split. And he said the reason they split is because they were voting on whether to have padded chair choir seats or unpadded chair choir seats. (laughs) And it didn't go over well and the church split over it. And so, you know, I think they need to read Colossians chapter three, don't you? But this word helps us when we when our minds rise up and say, we want it our way. We want this our way. We want it done the way we think it ought to be done. But that's not God's way, is it? It's God's God's way is uh is gentle, forbearing one another, um, readily pardoning each other. Readily pardon pardon. Don't you like that? You know. Uh, I read one day in the Word that said, uh, "God is ready to forgive." And when I read that, He said, "That's the way I want you to be, Scarlet. Always ready to forgive." Just, you know, you've heard that things that saying, "Sit, sitting on ready." I'm sitting on ready. Well, I started saying, "I'm sitting on ready to forgive." <laughs> so if anybody offends me, I'm sitting on ready to forgive them. And, and it's just again a mindset that comes from the word that really helps us. Because you can get, have you noticed, you can get so upset, especially in the world we're living in today, with people just acting all kinds of ways. And when you're out and and about, it's just can really affect you if you don't have this mindset that God has. Amen. And that's not because that's not like I always do that always perfectly, but it has helped me get through some really, really tough times. Okay. Verse 14 and above all the uh, above all these put on love and enfold yourself with the bond of perfectness, which binds everything together completely in ideal harmony. Well, uh, the, um, King James there says, and above these things put on charity, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. Hallelujah. Just a couple of more verses. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. He said, let it rule. That means that you can let it rule or you can not let it rule. (laughs) It's there. And we choose if our peace rules or if it doesn't rule. If it doesn't rule, it's usually us trying to rule. But I have found when God is ruling and reigning in my life, I'm allowing him to do that. There's peace. There's such peace there when I'm allowing him to rule. So he said, uh, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also that you are called in one body and then be thankful. That's a good way also to live when things above, is thankfulness and gratefulness. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So that another key there would be uh, besides surrendering and yieldedness, prayer, humility, reading the Bible, uh, studying the Bible, also singing songs. Singing songs will get you into that place where you're looking above. You're seeking those things which are above. And then verse 17, last verse, says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Amen. Praise God. So whatever we're going to do, we're going to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. All right. Well, remember um the the uh, seeking is to search for so it's going to take a little bit of effort on your part but it's always worth it when you find out God's ways and uh, the opposite of seek is to ignore just ignore this put it on the coffee table don't read it don't study it just ignore the 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 very uh words that can lead you to an abundant victorious life but so many times we do ignore or disregard. Another anonym of seeking would be uh, discard, elude. <laughs> so we want to hold on to it, amen? We want to seek. We want to quest and search and discover and uh, obtain what God has obtained for us. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you, Lord, that we can seek those things which are above, that we can seek you as you're seated at the right hand of God. And we thank you that we are seated there with you in Christ. Father, we thank you tonight that if there are things that we have uh, been high-minded about or or prideful or even uh, gotten into areas of just turmoil and discord, that tonight we can receive your peace that we can receive your guidance and your leadership. That we can forgive others who've trespassed against us. And, and, and we can forgive ourselves, Father, if we've missed the mark. We thank you for forgiveness, for love, and we'll let the peace of God rule in our hearts. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We so appreciate this word in our lives. In yes. Jesus' name. Please. Amen. Amen.